My guest this week is from Orange County, California. She got her undergrad degree at Cal State Monterey Bay. Currently pursuing her master's in terrorism and counterterrorism operations from American University. You know her, though, as Packers Lauren, L-O-R-E-N, on Twitter and Instagram. She's built up a following of more than 22,000 Twitter followers. She's got a unique, warm, caring personality. And joining Raw Tools is Lauren Sarah. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm fantastic. Uh, these first couple weeks of 2022, how have you been doing? Uh, it's been up and down, you know, busy with school, graduate school is a lot, even though I only have one class, but it's still like 100 pages every week to read and so many assignments to do. It's crazy. When I saw your LinkedIn, I was super impressed pursuing counterterrorism and terrorism operations, or I should reverse that rather. <laughs> Who inspired you to pursue that field? So my aunt and uncle, they both worked in like the FBI and counterterrorism. And then obviously like TV shows like Quantico and Criminal Minds and things like that. I just always loved growing up. So it's just something that I wanted to do. And I didn't know that it was possible. But then I looked up online and found American University and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I just did it. <laughs> did you ever watch 24 growing up? Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first experience into the, the counterterrorism unit world. And I thought it was super intense, but is the, is the studying, intense. how intense is it? I mean, right now I'm learning about laws, like laws compared, like, to counterterrorism, so how laws are different laws are compared to counterterrorism, and how counterterrorism um, people use these laws to basically do what they need to do for public safety. So it's interesting to see how the presidents and the Congress and all that have interpreted constitutional laws to make it so it's okay for them to do certain things for public safety. When did you know that this field was important to you? High school, the end of high school. So I, I always wanted to do it, but I was like, maybe I'll just go into psychology because, you know, I like talking to people and I like being there for people. But then I went to Cal State Monterey and I just realized I want to do something more. So I studied global studies, which is like international relations. And then after that, I took a year off and then I went to, or I'm currently at American University. When are you set to graduate? Next spring. Next spring. So 2023? Yeah, 2023. We're still in January, the, the start <laughs> of the new year. People are making resolutions and they're figuring out what they want to achieve this year. What are you planning on achieving this year? I like to find a job <laughs> and something in the counterterrorism world, even if it's just an internship. I'm planning on moving to DC actually in the springtime, maybe May, early May. My aunt lives over there, so I'm gonna go live with her. And I'm just going to hopefully try to find an internship during the summer or the fall, and then hopefully find a job off of that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where American University is, right? Yes but I'm taking it online. So that's why I don't have to be there. But for one of my classes in the fall, I actually do have to be there. So it just makes perfect sense for me to go before the fall so I can get like 
I can know the campus, I can get um, a bunch of things done before I have to actually like be in a class. Have you ever been to DC before? Yes, I've been 10 times. How do you like it? <laughs> I love DC, it's one of my favorite places in the world. I've, I've never been. I had You've one of my been? good friends just go, I think he might be studying at Georgetown, so maybe not directly okay. there, but uh, one of my friends is trying to get into real estate, so he called me up and said, we need to go to some national games this oh, summer, yeah. God willing. Um, have you ever been <laughs> to their stadium? I have not, but I want to. Definitely That's a goal. Much. There's another goal for this year to go. <laughs> you got to check that off the, off, the, off the list. That's awesome. Exactly. How did you become a Packers fan? Okay. <laughs> so basically, um, I wasn't really into the NFL growing up. I was more of a baseball fan because my dad plays softball and we would always go to angel games and I just became a super big like baseball fan. But then I started getting into the NFL and I didn't really have a team. I was just kind of watching games here and there. And then the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that the Packers were in, it came around and I just fell in love with Aaron Rodgers. And I just decided to stay a Packers fan. And I've been a Packers fan for 12, 13 years. And that's basically what happened. Mm -hmm. What's been your take on Aaron Rodgers kind of prickly, <laughs> uh, wild kind of demeanor this season? I personally don't really care for his um, politics and his opinions on the vaccine, but he's my quarterback and I'm going to support him, obviously. And I know that without him, we wouldn't be where we are now. So I try to keep the politics away from when he's playing. I try to focus on his play and how well he does. And off the field, I still see things obviously on Twitter, but I try to like avoid it because I don't want to, I don't want to change how I saw him, if that makes sense. Like I don't, I changed how I've seen him in the sense of like um, outside of football, but I don't want that to interfere with how I see him on the field. Mm -hmm. He's always struck me as contrarian yeah. world world against me type of jaded yeah. intense type of guy but really smart too like yeah. the way he's been able to dissect defense and, and call mm -hmm. stuff at the line of scrimmage for years has been wonderful I know. and i do remember them winning that super bowl i think 2010 2011 yeah 2011 i think, I think it's what it was yeah. was it against the steelers am i remembering yes. that correctly okay yes. yeah yeah i I did gain an admiration for him and the Packers for the longest time have not mm -hmm. had an issue at quarterback. So he's been just a staple in that, in that franchise for a long time. Is he your pick for MVP? Mm, yes, but I would also like Cooper cup to win MVP. I think he has an amazing season, but it's unlikely, you know, MVPs are usually, are not really wide receivers. They're usually quarterbacks and other parts of the offense, but it would be really cool. I think if either one of them won, I'd be happy with either one. Aaron Rodgers has the best passer rating of 112 in the league this year. So he's got that going for him. A yeah. uh, tweet from Greg Rosenthal. I just saw of NFL network says he got 34 votes 
for the all pro team compared to Tom Brady 16. So it looks like it's going to be. Yeah, it's probably going to be him. Leaning in his favor. Yeah. Uh, How much have you paid attention to LA football since the teams have moved back? Well, my dad's a Rams fan. So anytime the games are on, I'm pretty much watching it with them. And then obviously Cooper Cup was on my fantasy teams. So I had to, you know, keep an eye on him. And basically, I mean, they're good. They're good. They're better now with Stafford. So that's what's going for them. How lucky do you consider yourself to have drafted Cooper Cup in Fantasy League before this Triple Crown season? So lucky. I I didn't even know who he was really because honestly before the season I because I never did fantasy this is my first year of doing fantasy so I didn't really know a lot of players outside the Packers so I didn't really know like if he was good or not but I just I for some reason got him drafted him and he was amazing for my teams. Who would you prefer the Packers play in the divisional round next weekend? The Eagles. Why? Hmm. I don't know I just feel I know the Eagles have a really good like run offense and that's been a problem for us with our defense but I feel like they're young at least Jalen Hurts is young I feel like it's not as I don't know there's just not as um, seasoned as some of the other QBs and other teams especially like the Bucs. I really don't want to play the Bucs. Obviously, I don't want to play Tom Brady. And I guess if I have to choose another team, I'd be okay playing, I guess, the Cowboys, you know, because Aaron Rodgers owns the Cowboys. So I already know. And we're at home. So I already know it's going to be fine. We're going to, even if we have a bad first half, we'll come back. So those two, I would say. You're telling me that Aaron Rodgers owns both the Bears and the Cowboys now? Yeah. (laughs) I was curious about how you would answer that. Just because the Eagles have this power run attack. Jalen Hurts is a good dual threat quarterback. And then yeah. Dallas as well with their two running back attack. Uh, Tampa is okay when it comes to the run, so I would be okay with that. But when I think of the Packers' run defense, my mind at least goes back to that NFC Championship game against the yeah. 49ers a couple of years ago and Raheem Mostert was just <laughs> running yeah. up and down the field. It seems like it hasn't improved over the course of, of two years. It's been the same. Yeah, it's been the same, but they've had they've had games where it's been really bad. Like that game against Cleveland on Christmas, that was bad. That was so bad. I don't even know how we won that game, barely. But and also the game against the Ravens, I don't even know how we won that game. But there has been certain games where they've been able to contain the run, but that's something that they definitely hopefully they're working on in practice this week because that is one thing that they need to improve before they play next week. Seems like there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. They held Detroit to 99 total yards on the ground, I think, in the final week of the season. I mean, they weren't playing. I don't think they were playing up to their full potential, personally, in that game, because it was just they wanted to stay healthy. You know, they've had so many injuries this season that I understand they wanted to stay healthy. But it is a good sign. It is a good sign. So hopefully it's good. But the Lions are the Lions, so they're not in the playoffs. (laughs) As a Packers fan, 
how does a loss to the Lions to end a pretty good, great regular season, how does that sit with you heading into the postseason? Part of me, I mean, I'm already nervous because we don't have very good um, track record in at least the NFC championship games. So I'm already kind of nervous about going into it. I another part of me is like, I understand why they didn't really try that hard because there's so there were so many injuries this season and we couldn't afford any more injuries. So I understand why they didn't the um, defense wasn't trying as hard and the offense was okay. It wasn't great. Um, it didn't feel good, you know, because the Lions are a division rival. So it did feel good. But at the same time, I feel happy for like my Lions friends on Twitter because I know that they were like super happy that they won. And I was like, okay, it's fine. You guys can have this win. <laughs> That's the one of the things I really like about you is that you've got followers from all 32 different fan bases. And that's something that I try to do as well is cultivate a pretty diverse group of, of followers and a community there. Mm-hmm. So it was, I'm glad that you're able to empathize and and make friends from all different sorts of fan base. It seems like people like you, no matter what the rooting allegiance is. Yeah, Um, it's nice. I don't know why people like me, but (laughs) yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to have different fans from across the league. I learn a lot about players that I didn't know about just being on my Twitter feed. And it's just been nice to talk to other people, even if they're not Packers fans. We're recording this podcast for the listeners. Um, on a Saturday before the games kick off. It's mm-hmm. afternoon in St. Louis. It's morning where you are. Mm-hmm. Who's your upset pick this weekend? Raiders. The Raiders, again, I guess the Raiders. If I had to pick an upset, the Raiders, because I want the Bills to win, but I don't think the – I don't want the Patriots to win, so I'm not going to pick the Patriots as an upset. But I think the Bills – if the Bills win, it's not really an upset to me. But if the Raiders won against um, the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Chase, I think that it would be an upset. You think it's more palatable for the Bills to win just because Belichick is Belichick in New England? I think it's 10 degrees in Buffalo right now. Yeah. Like it's going to be a, a redux of that yeah. uh, Nor'easter game from a, a few weeks ago. That was just mm-hmm. beyond that crazy. Was so crazy. How much attention did you pay to that? Uh, Raiders Chargers game to to cap the season I paid attention at the beginning and then the end because obviously the end was like the most exciting part and I really really wanted them to tie because I Steelers fans if they hear this they're not gonna like me but I really don't like the Steelers so and I don't like Ben so I really wanted the Chargers to get in and I just it was just a dumb call at the end for that timeout it I doesn't make any sense to me. That Brandon Staley is super ballsy. He's got a reputation for this, going on fourth down, kind of burn the boats. Um, He's he's very well-spoken, the Chargers head coach. uh, The Chargers posted this video on Twitter, this speech pretty much the day afterward. He's like, all endings are beginnings, and like really intense (laughs) kind of this Friday Night Lights theme swelling vibe to it. So I, I like the future for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. What do you think their outlook is the next few years? I think it's really good. Justin Herbert is amazing. He's, 
he still has things to, you know, to work on. Everyone does, but he's really good. I think they have a good defense. Um, I think it's going to be good for them, but they just need to not shoot themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a main problem. And that's why they lost. I think they've lost a couple close games that they could have won and they would have been in the playoffs. Let's predict for a second, hypothetically, Philadelphia beats Tampa this weekend. Mm -hmm. And you've got the Eagles ground game, best yards Mm -hmm. per carry out of playoff teams or NFC teams. What sort of redemption for the Packers run defense could a win in the divisional round be? I guess hmm, anything, I would say anything under 200 yards, maybe even under 150 would be great. And I think if they can stop um, Jalen Hurts from, you know, running and they can contain him, I think it would be okay. I think it they'll be fine. But it's the problem is just that they need to contain the quarterback and they need to figure out how to stop the run. And if they don't do either of those two things, it's going to be very hard for them to win because Aaron Rodgers just can't do everything. One thing, Lauren, you do weekly on your Twitter account that I really like is you post the mental health checks for your mm-hmm. followers. How long have you been doing that? Six months, seven months, around there, yeah. I just one day found it on Twitter and I was like, I'm just going to ask people, you know, I just want to see how everyone's doing. And usually I get a good amount of responses and I try to respond to everyone. I, even the ones that say they're doing great, I still try to respond and hope that they have a good week and all those things. I just think it's nice to connect with people and let them know that you're there, even if it's just a stranger on the internet. Mm-hmm. You color code it with the different mm-hmm. colors for good, bad, for, you know, from mm-hmm. green to red, to yellow, to black. Mm-hmm. What's your intention behind you know, putting that question out there for people to answer? I mean, my intention is for people to know that I'm there for them and that people care about them. Because a lot of times when people put like the blues and the greens and the blacks, a lot of people respond to them and say, oh, I'm here for you. Um, just let you know that I'm here for you if you need anything. And I just think it creates like a positive community. And that's what I've been trying to do for a while on Twitter anyways. How desperate of a need did you see to cultivate that positive community? Especially because of the pandemic. It's been pretty hard. It's been pretty hard on a lot of people, including myself. And I feel like I feel better when I'm helping others because I know that I'm doing something good in the world. So I try to help others. I try to be there for them. And I just think that those mental checks help. That's like part of what I do. I also do like the positivity Fridays. So everything that I I started, I start the work week with checking on people. And then I end the work week with having people um, send me People, uh, people's usernames that they appreciate so that people know that they're appreciated by others. Mm-hmm. How effective has that Positivity Friday been? It's been really effective. I get 
50 DMs, which is a lot. 50? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. I know. <laughs> How do you manage all that? Um, I take breaks because it's a lot. So I do maybe like straight for 20 minutes and then I take a break and then I come back. And I usually I used to stop it on Fridays, but I've realized that so many people are busy on Fridays or they just they just don't see it and they send it to me in the middle of the night on Friday or Saturday morning. And I've just decided to continue it through at least Saturday. Everyone has faced some sort of struggle since the pandemic mm -hmm. became a, a huge widespread thing in early 2020. How has your mental health taken a toll? Well, being at home, I don't really have, so I went off to college and I kind of didn't stay friends with a lot of people here. So when I came back, it was kind of lonely, but I still had some people to hang out with. So this is pre-pandemic because I graduated in 2019. So I hung out with people. It was fine. And then the pandemic hit and I started not being able to hang out with people. It was just pretty lonely. And also just everything going on in the world just gives me anxiety. Like it just doesn't feel like it's ever going to end. So I think that all of that plus things going on at home has just been a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. How is your family doing? So um, my family's good. My dad, he has to have um, surgery on his aortic or a procedure on his aortic valve, have it replaced. So we've been dealing with that. And um, he has stage four prostate cancer but it's pretty contained except that there's like different lesions all over the place but they're very small so it's not anything that's super concerning or super deadly but they have to do a scan next wednesday to make sure that one of them hasn't grown because they're afraid that it has so it's just been a lot of health things with my dad over the years but besides that everybody else is good none of us have gotten COVID yet except for my cat which is crazy. My cat got COVID. <laughs> what? Yeah, she got COVID. How, how did you tell? Because, so basically, one day, she she's very active. She loves to run around and talk. She's like the most talkative cat I've ever met. So she wasn't talking. She was just in her bed, in the bed, like curled up. And it just wasn't Sophie. So we took her to the vet. And they said she had an 106 fever. Yeah. So, and we didn't know, obviously. Like, we felt she was hot, but we didn't know. She has a bunch of hair. It could have been anything. Yeah. So they did tests. And they found out that she had a small amount of COVID, which was bad, but it was a good thing. Because if it had been a bigger amount of COVID, it could have turned into this deadly disease where they have no cure for. So she could have passed away. And then obviously, if we hadn't taken her to the vet, she would have passed away anyways. Just did a search on carolinavet.com. If your cat's fever goes higher than 106, your kitty is at serious risk for damage yeah. to their vital organs. Mm -hmm. Did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the same in humans. It's it goes kind of the same in humans. You're, yeah. You're... You're, you should probably go get it checked out.
Um, pivoting back to your dad real quick, we'll definitely keep him in our thoughts and prayers for the, the coming weeks. Yeah. I know that that's a struggle and yeah. always got to keep that in mind. So I'm, I'm glad that you're keeping a positive mindset through it and, and being there and supporting him throughout the, the way. So that's, yeah, that's good. Lauren, how did you grow your social media following? I, I asked, I used to ask a lot of questions and I used to use a lot of tags. Like I would use like the NFL Twitter tag, or I would use um, the angels tag. I would use the teams that I liked or interested tags. And then when there was used to be a super big thing, I used to do follow trains and that helped a lot. But over time, I guess just people started like recommending me like my Twitter account, which I'm very thankful for that people do that. And people just started following me. And I think just because I have such a, I don't want to brag, but, but just because I have such a positive like presence, I feel like people are, um, they are drawn to that. And that's why I have, I guess, a big following. But sometimes I'm like, I don't really understand why 22 plus thousand people want to follow me. I can see why, but that will take another 30 minutes to explain. (laughs) You've done a good job of creating a supportive environment for women, particularly women in sports, but uh, all walks of life uh, Mm -hmm. on Twitter. What is the best strategy to cultivate an environment like that? I just defend women. Like, I get attacked all the time. And at this point, I used to defend, I still defend myself sometimes, but I don't do it as much. I kind of just let them say whatever they want to say because I don't just don't want to um, affect my mental health either. But when I see it happening to someone that's my friend on Twitter, like any of my Packers friends that lately what's been happening, I just try to defend them. I try to tell people like, this isn't the way to go. This isn't what you should do. And I just try to be positive for women because I know that, especially in sports, Twitter, it's pretty hard to be a girl on sports Twitter, unfortunately. It's hard to be a woman, a woman in sports. Everywhere, uh, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, but everywhere. But in this, like you know, in this situation, as I'm in, unfortunately, just on Twitter, it just seems that like it's everywhere. It's bad, but I see it mostly, you know, on Twitter. From the outside looking in sometimes, and I know that this is a false dichotomy, but it's one thing if a guy with an Alan Lazard pick for his profile picture and has 40 followers mm-hmm. tweets something into the abyss or, or ats one of your friends. Um, it's another when it picks up by three or four mm-hmm. or in the quote tweets and there's more people. And mm-hmm. I don't think you know that until you experience it personally. Like even one message can really hurt and feel like a a threat to your credibility or to your Mm -hmm. integrity yeah how do you cope with those feelings and move forward um it's been hard honestly like some when that happens I have sometimes I have really down days where I question myself I question if I still want to be on Twitter if like this is good yeah if it's good for me but then someone, but it's funny because when that happens, someone messages me and says, like a random person, any one of my followers says, like, 
you do so great and you're so helpful and you're always there for us and you're just an amazing person. And then that lifts me up. And also just talking to talking about it with my friends, like I'm pretty sure they get annoyed, but I just like to talk it out. And when I talk it out, I usually feel better. A development over the last couple of weeks, and I've seen this because I follow uh, quite a number of Packers fans. Mm -hmm. There was a development uh, called Thirst Trap Thursday, yeah, uh, in which in which many uh, women of Packers Twitter uh, took part in, including yourself. Yes. How did that come about? So there's this Twitter guy. I think it's a troll, but basically he said he says that he's a she, but we all know it's a he. Basically, they said that all Packers girls are ugly. So yeah, so my friend Kate, um, she decided to do this whole thirst trap um, Thursday just to like bring confidence and to bring positivity to Packers Twitter because sometimes even if it might not seem like it, it's, Packers Twitter can be pretty negative. So she, we're just trying to bring positivity and I don't take credit for it. It's definitely Kate and my other friend Jamie's idea, but I just try to support as many people as I can. I thought it was empowering. I thought it brought a fresh personality. I think it dug at the trolls and yeah. it pissed a lot of people off, but for all the right reasons. And I've seen some offshoot Twitter spaces since then. I don't know who's hosted them, so I, I'm not going to name anyone. But I, I, I've seen a, kind of a, a gung-ho kind of alliance form between uh, women of all different sports teams. Mm -hmm. Just because it doesn't matter who you root for, no. um, whether it's the, the Packers or the St. Louis Cardinals and the New York Yankees, people are going to find a way to be miserable and try yes. to put down other people. So it seems like y'all have been able to turn – a negative into a positive uh, in, in a time like this. Yeah, it's been pretty positive. Like we still get negative comments as you probably have seen a lot of trolls out there saying negative things. But at the end of the day, it's about what we want to put out there. It's about us being confident, showing positivity, being there for others. If people wanna talk down on us and say things like it is what it is, it's never gonna change, but at least we're being positive, at least we're being great, open and being there for others. Lauren, you got a birthday coming up next month. I do. How do you want to spend it? I, I'm going to spend it with my family, like usual. I'm just going to be here. I, I want to get through this thing you know, with my dad. I want to be there for him. I just want to see it through. I want to make sure everything's okay. And whatever happens, I just want to be there for my family. And I think right now, the best thing to do is just to be at home, especially with um, Corona virus. Basically, everything is being everything is pretty bad out here in California right now. And I just don't want to get my dad sick. So I'm basically just going to stay home. And then hopefully when things start getting better, maybe I'll take a trip with my friends or something. Lauren, Sarah, you've been an absolute joy to talk to. Thank you for joining Raw Tools. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you.